Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Today, we continue with Dante's Purgatorio, Canto 9. The concubine of antique Tithonus was whitening the eastern balcony, rising from the arms of her sweet lover. Her brow was luminous with gems, posed in figures of the cold creature that pierces people with its tail. And in the place where we were, the knight had ascended two steps, and the third already was bending its wings below, when I, who had with me that of Adam, conquered by sleep, reclined upon the grass there where now all five were seated. In the hour near the morning, when the small swallow sets up her sad lay, maybe at memory of her first anguish, and when our mind, wandering farther from the flesh and pressed less by thought, is as divine in its vision. In dream I seem to see suspended an eagle in heaven on veins of gold, with its wings spread, intending to stoop, and it seemed to be there where Ganymede abandoned his own when swept to the supreme conclave. And I thought to myself, Perhaps this one is used to falling here alone, and maybe it disdains to take up prey from other places in its claws. Then it seemed that having wheeled a bit it plummeted, terrible as thunder, and snatched me up into the fire. There it seemed that it and I each burned, and so the incensed imagination flamed that my sleep came to be broken. Not otherwise was Achilles shaken awake, eyes unveiled revolving all about him and not knowing where he was when his mother bore him off from chiron to skiros sleeping in her embrace there whence afterwards the greeks would take him then was i awakened so that sleep fled from my face and i became as dead like a man whose blood is frozen fearing alongside me was only my comfort and the sun was now more than two hours aloft and my sight was turned toward the sea. Have no fear, said my lord. Rest assured, for we are in a good place. Don't restrain yourself, but let every strength swell. You are now on the point of purgatory. You see there the stone that closes about it. You see the entrance there where it seems broken. A moment ago, in the dawn that proceeds today, when your spirit slept within you, Upon the flowers that adorn the space below there came a lady, and she said, I am Lucy. Let me take up this one who sleeps. Thus will I hasten him on his way. Sordello remained among those other noble forms. She took you up, and once the day was clear, went upward, and I came in her tracks. Here she reposed you, but first her lovely eyes showed me that open entry. Then she and sleep went off as one. In the manner of a man who's reassured in doubt, and who changes his fear for confidence once the truth is discovered, I myself changed. And as my leader saw me without a care, he moved up toward the stone, and I moved toward the height behind him. Reader, you well see how I exalt my matter, and so don't wonder if I strengthen it with greater art. We approached and we came to a place there where what first had seemed a rupture, just as a fissure that splits a wall, I saw to be a door, and three steps went up toward it, of several colors, 
and the porter still had not spoken. And as more and more to the eye was open, I saw him seated above the sovereign step, his face such that I couldn't bear it. And he had in hand a naked sword, which so reflected his rays upon us that I often set my sight in vain. Say it as you stand. What do you wish? he began to say. Where is your escort? Watch that your coming not prove hateful. A lady from heaven acquainted with these things, my master responded to him, said to us a moment ago, Go there, there is the door. And may she advance her steps to blessedness, began the courteous keeper of the door once more. Come forward then to our stairs. There we went, and the first step was white marble, so polished and clear that I appeared mirrored in its surface. The second was tinted deeper than Tyrian clay, of one rock, rough and as if burnt, cracked along its length and depth. The third, which massed itself above, appeared porphyry, as fiery as blood that leaps out of a vein. Over these the angel of God held both his feet, sitting upon the threshold which seemed to me of adamantine rock. Up the three grades of good will my leader drew me, saying, Ask humbly that he loose the lock. I threw myself devoutly at the sacred feet. I asked his mercy and his entrance, but three times first I struck my breast. Seven peas he sliced upon my brow with the point of the sword, and he said, Wash these wounds when you're within. Cinders, or dried earth excavated, would match the color of his vestments, and from below them he took two keys. The one was of gold, and the other argent, and he put them to the door, first the white, and afterwards the yellow, and I was content. Whenever one of these keys fails so that it won't turn straight within the lock, he said to me, this lane will not open. The one is worth more, but the other wants more art and genius at the lock, for it is that which untangles the knot. I hold them from Peter, who said that I should err more to opening than to holding shut, if one should simply stretch himself at my feet. Then he pressed upon the sacred door, saying, Enter, but let it be known that he who looks behind must turn without. And when the hinges twisted outward at the corners of that sacred gate of strong and resonant metal, it roared more loudly and showed itself harsher than the Tarpeian rock when good Metellus was taken away and it remained bare. I turned back attending to a deeper tone, and I seemed to hear Te Deum Laudamus in voices mixed with sweet sound. It rendered such an image to me there at the point where I listened as usually occurs when singing is sustained with organs, when here the words are heard, and there they vanish. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Purgatorio, Canto 10.